0: Many people um, are making decisions
1: in their life out of fear that puts them tucked into a corner that they feel like they can't get out of because they're scared to make a decision that would actually have some consequences for the current things in their life, but actually take them to a place that is most true in them. And because they're fearful to take that leap, which I fully understand, it's hard. They then turn to strategies like meditation or like yoga um, or uh, any sort of personal growth stress reduction technique as a way to be like, oh, I'm okay. I just need to breathe more deeply. No, you got to get out of that relationship. You need to change your job. So don't let contemplative practice or stress reduction practices take away the responsibility that you have to actually lead your life in alignment with what's most true in you. You might suppress it temporarily, but it will always be there in the background. And as soon as you get still enough and surrendered enough to listen, it will be there waiting
0: for you. On today's episode of the CLS Experience, we have a very special treat. He's a world-renowned mindfulness teacher and expert, as well as the iconic co-founder of Mindfulness.com. His meditations have been heard over a staggering 20 million times in over 100 different countries. He's a best-selling author of the instant classic, Stop Missing Your Life. He's lived as a monk in Burma, where he spent six months in total and complete silence, initiating himself to the deepest layers of meditation. He's just a juggernaut in all facets of life and a tremendous human being. Please welcome the dynamic, interesting, grateful, and abundant, mindful Corey Muscara. How are you doing, Corey? Oh, way better after that intro. <laughs> nice to be here, Craig. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. And it's funny because I'm a fan and I didn't realize how much synergy there was between us. We were talking before we hit record. We probably could have spoken for an hour, Um, but I figured we'd save the juicy stuff for the show. Yeah, great. Yeah. The audience always loves to do a little bit of background. What I think is most valuable is we just have an unbelievable conversation. And I want to just say from the beginning for the audience, if you're not familiar with Corey, go check out his content, his Instagram, his book, all the stuff and, and play a little catch up. But we're just going to get crazy right now. You ready to get nuts, Corey? Yeah, let's do it okay what are some non-negotiables for you Hmm. um
1: that's a great question you know there's there's i think five or more years ago i might have given you a list of habits that are non-negotiables like my meditation practice or different things related to wellness and fitness these days and as time has gone on i really hold a lot of things loosely and Instead, what's become a non-negotiable is my uh, attunement to what I would describe as the pulse of truth that's moving through me. So, a big part of my spiritual practice in the last couple years has been being able to discern what I would consider to be the story of my mind, my ideas and beliefs about who I should be, what I should be, what other people expect of me from something deeper in me that is more like an intuitive guidance i would call that the soul's truth the heart's truth and so the thing that i'm most interested in that transcends context and informs every decision of my life including the various habits at different phases of my life is what is coming from that deeper more subtle place in me as to what i need to be pursuing and exploring in this moment and because of that um I, I do hold different things, uh, loosely in terms of what's a non-negotiable in that way, you know, the relationship or how my fitness looks or how my meditation practice looks will take, can take different shapes, um, and 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 there's a willingness to let go of everything if that's what
0: is being uh, asked of, of. What an me. awesome yeah. answer! And I've asked some of the all-time greats the same question, and of course you always get different responses and so forth. But but that one was super intellectual. And what I really dug about that is you're not necessarily married to a specific one. It, it kind of varies depending upon the season or the situation, and you give yourself that flexibility. Yeah, yeah, I find that to be extremely.
1: Important for um, for letting yourself shed layers that are no longer serving you, and continuing to have a very honest uh, and intimate interfacing with what is most alive in your life. And I think, and this is where you know, it's an interesting thing for us to dive into. But I think there's a tension between you know your mind's dreams and the habits you build around that. And this is how much of my life has been led previously and how many people create great lives is you have an idea of what you want to build. You see it clearly, create the vision board around it, and then reverse engineer the habits that are necessary to get there. Um, and I love that stuff. Like, big part of me feels a lot of energy around that. And I've also noticed that sometimes a previous stream that was created, let's say five years ago, is not actually aligned with the the most alive energy that's moving through me now and if i'm continuing to play out that dream and all the habits around it then i'm not actually making space for what is most true in me in this moment and that just is uh is something i'm more interested in these days
0: this is gripping stuff bang that's where we could drop the mic but we just get warmed up it's almost as if your non-negotiable is to not have a (laughs) non-negotiable yeah that's a good way that's a good way to put it yeah yeah i love this Uh, we'll ask one more fun one and then we'll dive in cool what is your superpower Hmm. the
1: i think the capacity for inner listening uh it's something that i've refined in myself and it impacts everything in my life um the ability to going back to what i just shared um to parse the distinction between external truth and my own internal truth and that is what keeps me in alignment with my life and it that's always complicated because we're beings that live with other humans and so it's not like a fuck the world i'm going to do my own thing there's always this exchange between inner and outer but we have to let what is true externally and the realities of the external world be filtered through an internal compass and if we're abandoning that internal compass to try to be someone for someone else then you know that's a, a slippery slope to disconnection and numbness and um exchanging your well-being for validation and so the superpower that it continues to be refined is that ability to parse
0: uh conditioning from wisdom nutrition solutions offers the best healthy meal prep options for health wellness weight loss and improved performance the customer service and support at nutrition solutions is unbelievable and second to none And when I travel for my marathons, the meals are waiting at my hotel, I don't even have to break a sweat. Even their protein donuts and breakfast items are made with fresh, organic ingredients. I love Nutrition Solutions' reliability, quality, and all-around lifestyle that they represent, which is world-class. To get both physically and mentally fit, go to NutritionSolutions.com and use promo code CLS25. Thank me later, you dig? this is awesome uh, i'm just moved by your responses and so forth and one thing you mentioned in there and you word it beautifully but something along the lines of like not changing who you are or wanting someone else to change and like from previous relationships in my past that didn't work out for numerous reasons one of the things that stick out to me just hearing you speak is that i always wanted someone to be a certain way when they clearly were not um and now i'm in what I believe will be the last relationship uh, I'm in, it and I found someone really great and really aligned and so forth. But this person, I didn't have to change. I love everything about them. Even if there's a little bit of difference and so forth, I respect and I value and I appreciate that. Um, But I remember often in the past, um wanting someone to be a certain way, or they maybe wanted to change me. And right from that moment should be a red flag that maybe it's not in alignment. Would you agree with that?
1: yeah i would and i think a lot of people um well you know let's backtrack and maybe work at the nuances of that because i do think there are realities where we come into a relationship and there's something that's there that we're really like we really feel pulled to this person for a certain reason but maybe there's different levels of maturity and maybe this person is somewhere and we're down here and we feel tension because they want us to do certain things or be a certain way and it doesn't really feel true to who we are but maybe there's also the sense of what's true to me is um is an older version of myself and i've definitely seen this in relationships including my current one where like things that i found as tension points were actually just like younger versions of myself playing out that once i did um uh, mature a certain way it's like oh yeah i'm actually glad i got pulled into this new version of me and that and that like was more complemented by the other person in the relationship um however there was simultaneously this space and love for where i was it wasn't like i need you to be this way in order for me to be okay it's like and this is what you're pointing at like you're working at the edges with each other yeah um which you're gonna have in any in any relationship but yeah um i do think for many people they experience this sense of um the other person wanting them to be a certain way And if there is not a strong foundation of presence and self-love and self-compassion and having done your own personal work, you can easily meet those moments and go, oh, well, I'm not good enough anyway. So, this person is just reinforcing a story that I'm not good enough, which I know deeply. And we end up staying in these toxic patterns because it's essentially fulfilling some deep seated belief that we have. And so, anyone that's maybe hearing this or found themselves in find themselves in these patterns of relationships where it's someone that doesn't quite like us or accept us, but we continue to stay there. It's usually connected to some version of we don't actually think we're worthy or we haven't accepted ourselves. And therefore, like, of course, this person is going to think this of me because it's true. And that's what can keep us in these places. I think it's a testament to your own In our work that i know you've done quite a bit of that you can find yourself now in this relationship where it's like yeah you know i deserve this and this
0: feels good and it feels correct yeah i I couldn't agree more and straight up like look i work on myself every single day as i know you do and everybody should um but the version of of craig that's speaking to you right now uh is significantly different than the person i was a month ago but specifically a couple years back like i wouldn't have been open to the partner that I have now, because I wasn't my best self and I was attracting a certain type of person and that's on me. Um, But as you continue to become your best self uh, each and every single day, or at least strive to be that, then you're opening yourself up to attract a version that's attracted to this new version of you, so to speak. Yeah. Well said. I agree. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, Meditation. A a lot of people associate you with that, of course. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because I'm a high achiever and and I did the Wall Street thing for so long and now I'm having success with this. And for me, I have a a moving meditation when, when I'm running marathons, but I always found it very challenging to quiet the mind to kind of just like sit at home and meditate. I imagine, although a lot of people practice that, Every single day, there's other people out there like me that find it challenging to quiet the noise. Uh, why is that, and what can we do about it? Yeah.
1: Um, well, one of the one of the issues, one of the things that makes meditation hard for people is a is a general misconception of what the experience should be. And so, here you have a practice that in some way promises an end result of greater peace ease fulfillment um and calm and what then happens is there's some sort of expectation in the process that if that is not the current experience then i'm doing something wrong or it's not working and it creates friction how does friction get created any sort of pushing against what is present And so, an example of what that looks like in practice is you sit down, you say, I want to be peaceful. You focus on your breath, let's say, as a point of observation. And then the mind starts thinking about, you know, that stupid thing you said to the person in the grocery store and the face that they made. And it's like, I'm such an idiot. I'm so socially awkward. What's wrong with me? And then we go into why am I having all these thoughts? Just focus on the breath. You should be able to do this. It's really simple. So there's, an example of an experience that arose, you thinking of something in the store, you didn't ask that to happen. It's not like you said, I'm going to sit down and have like five minutes of really good hating myself. It just (laughs) arose out of nowhere. It's like a cloud that passed through the sky where you interjected or anyone, it's like that thought came up, but then you brought something else in that's wrong. Do this better. Come back to the breath. Why can't you get this right? that's what creates suffering that's the heart of it and uh, the more granular version of that suffering is just some form of tension or an emotion that it generates and so the biggest thing for people is just the expectation that you should ha- be having a particular experience if instead there was the acknowledgement going into the practice that the the byproduct of me being present with whatever arises in a curious, non-judgmental and compassionate way is going to be peace. Then the agenda is not peace. The agenda is curiosity, presence, awareness. And so if people just understood that the mind is going to continue to think emotions are going to continue to unfold sensations are going to happen there's still going to be all these different sensory experiences your job is not to stop any of that eliminate it your job is just to meet that with an attitude of this moment it's like this instead of a hand that's pushing it or pulling it it's a hand that's holding it out front you're just letting it be and again most of the tension that gets created from people is not the experience that's arising but it's their relationship to the experience and so um yeah i'll pause there and uh,
0: we can go into it more based on any follow-up questions that arise on that corey has got nuggets today and this is really valuable stuff for the audience like grab a pen and a journal and run that back And a word that comes to mind as you were explaining that, which has been a pivotal component for me personally, is awareness, right? It's Mm -hmm. just to be a kind of step back and be aware of what's happening so that you can can get, you can kind of transform from reactive to proactive and get out in front of it. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if we, we break that down, one of
1: the things I talk about is how there's three main things happening in any given moment there's your experience there's your awareness of your experience and then there's the story about your experience and the those have three layers we can view like experience up here then the story about it is a thing that mediates between experience and awareness so imagine you're walking down a dark alley that's the experience it's dark out You have the awareness that that's happening but the story about it is oh this is dangerous i should maybe get out of here doesn't necessarily mean the story is bad it's just something that is separate from the direct experience of what's here your um you have a breakup that's an experience you have an awareness oh that's happening and then the story of i'm going to be single for the rest of my life i don't deserve love story so in every single moment there's something that's happening us talking my awareness that this is happening and some story about it i'm doing well i'm not doing well craig's a good interviewer um how long is this going to last or i wish it were longer right story and so one of the things that meditation helps us do that you're pointing to is it gets us in touch with how often we are living in the story of our lives, how great we are, how terrible we are, how good this moment is, how bad this moment is, and that there's actually another part of us that doesn't have that judgmental quality that's sort of just sitting back and is aware of what's happening. And you take some time to get to see this, but eventually you'll see that Your awareness of your thoughts, it's not thinking. It's just knowing, oh, there's a thought right there. It's not even thinking the thought, oh, there's a thought right there. It just sees it. Your awareness of your fear is not in fear. Your awareness of your boredom is not bored. Your awareness of your pain is not in pain. It just knows what is happening. And that might sound basic, but in meditation, what starts to happen is the more you connect to that awareness, the more you also disconnect from being attached to the story of how great this moment is or bad this moment is. It doesn't mean you don't use it. You know, if you walk in the street and a car comes, like I want you to say, Oh, I should get out of the road. I don't want you to say, Oh, let me see if I could be with this because it's just my judgmental mind that's making it bad. No, you're going to get hit by a car. So we're not letting go of this kind of discernment. Um, we're just learning to recognize how much it is using us rather than us using it. And so, the, the power of meditation practice for anyone who wants to try is just, you know, take five minutes in the morning where you just sit or you stand or even you walk and just see if you can observe everything that arises without putting it in a category of bad or good. And one way you do that is just label the experience for what it is. So, the mind starts thinking about something like, I'm really hungry. And instead of indulging in that, you just go thinking. So it's like a mental label thinking. And then there's an emotion of, let's say, anger. You just label, it, oh, anger. Um, or you're walking outside and you see something, you just label it seeing. So you label the experience for what it is, not f- with the judgment. And it makes me think of the, um, the haiku by this Japanese poet, Matsuo Basho. Uh, It's not a haiku when you translate it into English, but it says, the old pond, a frog jumps in, plop. The old pond, a frog jumps in, plop. And what I love about that is that um, there's so much simplicity to it that it doesn't even make sense of why you would share that. (laughs) It's like an old pond, a frog jumps in, plop. What's the point of it? The point is that there's no exaggeration. um, There's no grandiosity. It's just the raw basic elements of the experience. There's a pond. A frog jumped in it plop not the story about how great the frog is and you know jumped over and all the flamingos were clapping and it was this olympic dive it's just the raw direct elements and when our lives are completely consumed by the story that's where we get caught in the roller coaster of the highs and lows because when the story is good and we're being praised and it's like we everything's wonderful but when it's bad uh, it's like oh i'm doing terribly and meditation as a a spiritual practice and as a personal growth practice is learning to see how much of our sense of identity is being created by external ideas that we have adopted and we're riding the roller coaster of and when you can slowly disentangle yourself from that there's a new sense of ease where it's just like oh this moment it's like this it doesn't define me it doesn't mean it will be here forever it's just this is a direct
0: experience yeah, this is really deep stuff. And extremely valuable for anybody listening. Did you always have interest in meditation and being able to do this and remove the judgment? Or did this kind of all happen after your experience as being a monk? Yeah, I definitely didn't always have this
1: experience, uh, this interest. Um, you know, you and I both grew up on long island this stuff's not really talked about on long island and uh so i was really interested in golf growing up i thought i wanted to be a pro golfer Uh, that's where i put a lot of my time and i was also interested in business i went to college um studying economics uh had an internship lined up on wall street halfway through my um college career and then i had a hippie girlfriend in college and she was into meditation and uh, I started meditating because I wanted her to think I was cool. Uh, So I was trying to impress her. She broke up with me shortly after that. And then the pain of that breakup is the thing that actually caused me to take the meditation practice more seriously. It was the only thing giving me some form of relief. and. I don't, it's not fair to say that I had no interest in personal development. I think I was always asking and interested in deeper questions. I just didn't have an open door to walk through to really understand it. And so that experience created that. And probably similar to your experience, it was just this, um, it was just like, uh, it was like walking into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so much that, Like, oh, I can understand how to work with the mind and I don't have to be consumed by my thoughts. And there's a way to change my emotions and this whole inquiry into what is happiness and fulfillment. I was like, why, why did no one ever teach me this on a deeper level? And so, um, once that door was presented to me, you know, I just walked through and everything was taken care of from there in the sense of like, there was just, it, there was his own momentum that I can't really describe. It was just the pulse that was pulling me forward. And I don't think it pulls everyone forward, but um, I think for a lot of people, there's just this real deep, uh, insatiable curiosity for understanding what it means to be human and to live well. And I would imagine most people listening to this would identify
0: with that in some way. Hell Yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. And, and it's like, I remember when I first got to Wall Street simultaneously, I stumbled upon personal development and I was just fascinated with the fact that, wait a minute, where I'm at now is not a life sentence. Like, I can actually cultivate competence, right? I, I can get in control um, of the thoughts that are taking real estate in my head, so to speak. I could change. What I associate pain and pleasure to. Uh, and then from there, all you know, the energy stuff and, and the law of attraction. But but I was just so taken aback um, that you can actually learn how to learn. Uh, and uh, I wish they taught this stuff in school. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one to feel that way. Uh, but this stuff, this stuff is the difference that makes the difference. Would you agree? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And it it impacts everything. It's not like, you know, I, I think you already pointed to this. It's not like you you know, have your professional stuff, your relationships and getting a home, your money, and then you have your personal growth. It's just your personal growth is about you. It's about how you work with your hardware and putting in new software. And that impacts everything. I, I don't know how you actually have a good relationship without bringing attention inward. You might stumble into that for a handful of years, and you might both have complementary coping mechanisms that you can operate on through automatic pilot. But if you're not learning to look at your stuff, your thoughts, your emotions, I mean, things just combust and same thing if you want to be a leader same thing if you want to make more money same thing if you want to shift your relationship to money and maybe not be consumed by by that so it's all uh yeah it's that's the thing that impacts
0: everything yeah so true um it's something that everybody should buy into um and and at least experience it and then go from there and i like that you said that it's not one specific area it really is all correlated yeah a lot of your content because I'm a fan. And of course, I wanted to have an unbelievable conversation with you. And one of the things I saw that you were talking about, which was really interesting to me, is that you asked big, powerful questions such as, what happened to when we were a kid and we used to explore and dream big with no limitations? Why does this stuff get suppressed as we get older and quote unquote, real life kicks in? Yeah.
1: that's what I would just call the the trauma of life. So the the first chapter of my book uh, in Stop Missing Your Life was titled "The Trauma of Life," and it was just an acknowledgement. My right? trauma is a loaded word, and I think gets thrown around quite casually now Reed. and it can also keep us like if you think of the drama triangle the victim triangle where we can get caught in a victim relationship to our experience a persecutor relationship or a rescuer experience where victim is like why is this happening to me persecutor is like you're bad and rescuer is like i'm here to save the day i think sometimes overindulging in the realities that life is hard can keep us in this uh, like the victim orientation of just like, well, this is how life is. And that never helps. At the same time, there's an important to, it's important to acknowledge that difficult experiences, uh, if unexamined, how they've impacted us can create um different patterns that we will play out over time. Why does that happen? Because we're basically a a young, free being that's come into the world, that's put into a body and a body that has a lot of different needs, needs of safety, needs of attunement, needs for connection, needs for love. And so, what you're doing from the moment you come into this world is learning, who do I have to be? What do I have to do in order to get those needs met? And so, if you... Um, if you dream big when you're six years old and you tell your parents, like, I'm super excited, like, I'm going to go to the moon one day. And they say something like, all right, check yourself, buddy, like do something safe instead. It's like, you're not that smart, right? There'd be a, a terrible experience i have but many people have stuff like that with their their parents well like there was that beautiful life energy that was coming through you in a really free way and you learn that when i express this i don't get love from my parents or praise and so that is on some level the at that point, the most important thing to us. And so, we learn like, and we put up a what I call a pain wall. We put a wall from ourselves to that free expression and go, when I do that, that's bad. And that becomes subconscious. Now, we just buffer against anytime that we feel this free expression, there's a feedback loop that makes us feel uncomfortable. This is why people get small in the world. Um, and it's especially true with women. Men tend to have historically had more space, uh, more opportunity to like, take up space, leadership roles, share more emotions. Mm-hmm. Women, that's been the more the opposite. If you're like bold, you're considered bitchy rather than men being bold would be considered uh, more of a leader. We can reverse that as well and look at all the stuff that wasn't acceptable for men, such as show, showing uh, sadness or emotions or fear. So it works in so many different ways, but just in terms of like the taking up space thing, um, for many women, it's like, oh, I'm not. It's not okay to do that because then I'm I'm not perceived okay, and I won't get into a relationship or I won't be loved. And so, all to say, the reason we lose connection with that pulse of truth that's moving through us, that life flow that is expansive and dreams big, is just we learned it was it wasn't okay. Uh, we learned that we lost something if we expressed that we weren't accepted people told us we're not good enough to do that or we tried it and something bad happened we failed and we didn't have a good way to work with that failure it felt too painful and we said i never want to feel that again and if you see people who continue to have that that just that pulse that's like i can do whatever usually they had very supportive parents that nurtured that in them Or they had a handful of failures and and for whatever reason, they were able to meet those and overcome them. And there was this new feedback loop that was developed that bad things can happen, but I can overcome it and there's a reward on the other side. And that's usually the path for many of us. We have to navigate failures and pains and go through them to see that, oh, there's actually a positive reward on the other side of this and if we don't then we're just going to hit those buffers and it's going to keep us within the walls of our pain box and we're going to live a life that um is essentially instructed by old past experiences
0: what was that that's right i can hear your thoughts have no fear i'm going to tell you exactly where you can get weekly access To the CLS experience live in action, dropping gems, nuggets, trainings, special celebrity and business mogul guest speakers and maximum energy. We just launched the CLS membership. We have weekly zooms with like-minded, growth-oriented juggernauts, networking and absorbing all the wisdom via weekly Zooms. Head to cultivateLastingSymphony.com and then bang! enter your new network today let's grow together you dig Bang. Yeah. <laughs> this is great so intellectual and just beautifully said and one of the things that you said there was working within it and it reminded me of something else like Sometimes before a big event, whether it be taking stage or the night before a marathon, even though I know I can do it, um, sometimes whether fear or anxiety might kick in. And I know you often talk about allowing that to kind of creep in, but then meeting it with something else, a strategy, correct? Yeah. So there's there's a very
1: different it's one thing to be present with your pain and it's another thing to ruminate about your pain and many people fear being present with an emotion or thought because they conflate it with this idea of sulking in it or being absorbed in it or thinking about it and one of the things, it, there's so many different strategies to work with the mind and experiences that arise. So, something like, you know, the marathon and maybe a certain fear that arises. Um, I wouldn't necessarily suggest a strategy of just purely being present with the anxiety when it arises, letting it move through. That is a strategy that can work for many people, but usually, in this context like a performance context where you actually want that energy to be moving through you um that's where it's helpful to reframe the experience and right you're probably already familiar with this i'm sure many others are as well that the physiological experience of fear and anxiety is nearly identical to the physiological experience of excitement and enthusiasm and so the way you work with that is you just ascribe new meaning to that feeling. You feel that feeling of this fear here, anxiety. And instead of saying, calm down, be present, try to be Zen. it's, It's not a big deal. We'll be okay. You go, oh, good. Thank you, body. You're right. Like, this w- let's get some energy going because we got big day tomorrow and we're prepared and this is going to be great. Um, and I'm excited. And yeah, maybe there is some fear, but that's because we're moving against a growth edge and it's normal to feel this way. And this is my body, this is us preparing for this day. And so you meet it similar to the martial art aikido, where instead of like trying to Punch it down, you meet the energy that's coming towards you and in a way, dance with it, like blend with it so that you can redirect it. So you're meeting that energy of, "Oh, there's fear here." And instead of going, "Fear is bad, get out of here," which often will create more tension, you go, "Hi fear. Yes. This is actually an experience of excitement. We're going to reframe this, and we're going to start telling ourselves why we're excited and how this is actually helping us um, move in service of what's most important. Yeah. A
0: reframe in life is so key, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Big time. It really is. This is straight up awesome. Uh, another thing that you said, which I found very interesting, and I think it'd be really good for the audience to take away from is this. You said, an activated mind is an indication that something is out of alignment. I think a lot of people experience what you refer to as an activated mind, but maybe they weren't able to identify that that means something is typically out of alignment yeah
1: yeah that's a good one you found some you found some nuggets here yeah, um, before he hits yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh we'll start by defining you know an activated mind the way i the way i describe that is uh you could also say just an agitated mind so many people and this is the nature of just what I see with my work, many people who have racing thoughts or ping-ponging attention or their minds caught up in negative cycles of rumination often perceive that there's something broken about my brain and I just need to learn to focus better and be present better to fix that. And it's not that that is not potentially true in some way. I think it's just further down the line of the things that you actually have to look at. Usually, when your mind is all over the place and feels very agitated and activated, it's because there's something on a deeper level that is out of alignment in your life. So, think about any time where you've had a difficult conversation with someone, but it wasn't resolved like you said something that in your mind you know like oh i shouldn't have said that i wish i could apologize but you were so angry that you just left and you didn't have the opportunity to do that but what happens the rest of the day you're sort of ruminating about oh i shouldn't have said that shouldn't have said that right that activation there's something that happened that was out of alignment with the deeper sense of yourself and how you want to be and how you want to express a relationship that you're in something about it let's say feels off but a part of you goes "Ah, i can make this work and you just keep going further and further and further but still something on a deeper level just feels like it's not quite right and then you find when you're still or when you have some time to be quiet the mind is sort of agitated or uh it doesn't want to be still or it feels activated right is that because you're not able to be present or is it because something on a deeper level is um you're you're not in alignment to you're not living in connection to what is true on a more subtle level within you and then the downstream effect of that is the mind uh being agitated agitation in some way is just a distraction it's it keeps you from having to feel something on a deeper level. It's why people stay uh, connected to being busy. They say addicted to being busy because if I'm busy, I don't have to face what I'm feeling on a deeper level that's actually out of line in, in my life. If I hate my job, but I just keep focusing on the next task, the next goal, I never have to be still enough to realize that I actually despise what I'm doing with my life. And so... If someone is working, if finding that there's a lot of agitation, a lot of activation in the mind, my first instruction to them, instead of trying to uh, like suppress all of that with focus is to actually give yourself space to let the mind think. Just be still. Watch what the mind is thinking about. Don't try to change it. Let it go and view those thoughts as kind of like a discharging of energy. If you give that space, to unfold then what you'll find is that there's probably some emotions behind that as well this happens all the time anyone that attends a meditation retreat or has a meditation practice you give the mind space to think it's like oh I hate this or I don't want to do this I don't want to do this and you just allow that to happen then there's going to be something that shows up in the body oh I, I feel uncomfortable or I'm bored or I really don't want to be here and instead of pushing that away you give space for that as well and you can then start dropping in the question of what is going on on a deeper level for me. What am I committed to not feeling? What do I not want to face about my life right now? And just see what arises for you that is going to take you into a much deeper inquiry with your soul than any sort of meditation to suppress the thoughts could possibly do. Because all that is, is basically just another coping mechanism. You might as well have a glass of wine at that point. If you're just going to use your meditation practice to stop your thoughts and not have a deeper inquiry and like how you're not living your life in alignment, then um it's just a coping strategy. And as one of my teachers, Chris McKenna says, uh, We often paint ourselves into a corner and then do yoga to feel comfortable there. And many people um, are making decisions in their life out of fear that puts them tucked into a corner that they feel like they can't get out of because they're scared to make a decision that would actually have some consequences for the current things in their life, but actually take them to a place that is most true in them. And because they're fearful to take that leap, which I fully understand, it's hard. They then turn to strategies like meditation or like yoga um, or uh, any sort of personal growth, stress reduction technique as a way to be like, oh, I'm okay. I just need to breathe more deeply. No, you got to get out of that relationship. You need to change your job. So don't let contemplative practice or stress reduction practices, take away the responsibility that you have to actually lead your life in alignment with what's most true in you. You might suppress it temporarily, but it will always be there in the background. And as soon as you get still enough and surrendered enough to listen, it will be there waiting
0: for you. Surrender and love. This is straight up riveting. Uh, and it's interesting because I spent about 35 years trying to find myself Um, I had different seasons of what I thought was success and so forth. But when the pandemic happened and lockdown really happened and I had to shut down my office and for the first time as an adult, I couldn't really work even if I wanted to, or could I? And I put together um, my CLS brand and what I'm doing now. I basically, the thought process was for the first time ever to really marry what I love and, and what I'm good at. And those two happen to be my ability to communicate effectively and my love for personal development. And and hearing you speak, it it basically lets me know that what I was really looking for for the first time ever is for alignment. Uh, And when I did that, I never looked back and the seas began to part Um, the universe or whomever would open up doors and and opportunities and so forth. And it's just been the ride of a lifetime. And of course there are certain days where, where I still have to catch myself Um, But basically what you're saying is that when you feel that activated mind, that's almost feedback from the universe, right? Basically telling you something is not in alignment right here. Don't just numb it with a yoga session or a drink, but kind of identify what it is so you can get back into alignment. Yeah, I would actually say it's
1: feedback from the body in response to being out of alignment with what we could call the universe or spirit or something that naturally wants to move through you that you are obstructing in some way. And what happens when you obstruct energy, it creates agitation. And so, um, yes, use it as a feedback mechanism. It's a form of biofeedback, spiritual feedback, soul feedback. And... um, There's no sweeter taste than living a life that's in alignment. I mean, just love unfolds from there. Joy unfolds from there ease and space and a sense of freedom. And it's, it's this moment to moment inquiry that we are constantly having with ourselves. It's not like we find it and then, you know, we're good for life. It's like, no, in each moment, how am I doing? Am I in alignment or something out of alignment? What do I fear? What am I compromising on? What am I uh, different parts of myself? Like a deeper truth that I'm abandoning in service of doing something that I think will hopefully give me connection or love or praise. You got to fucking let go of a lot of shit if you really want to walk this path in, in its depth. If you really want to walk your path. If there is a life that it, you are truly meant to live, it will only come from your own uncompromising and ruthless commitment to listening for and surrendering to what is most true in each moment and it is a lifetime's worth of work to learn to do that and then to actually do it Um, and it's not easy you know
0: just coming from experience but but choose your heart right like live a life of Essentially being an imposter or, or not what's in alignment, um, and struggling, or do the work, have that maniacal drive to find out um what is in alignment and so forth. I just want to say, I want to give you some feedback. Um, because your voice is, is so calm and relaxing intellectual, when you drop an F bomb, it sounds <laughs> so powerful, straight up. Like, That's it's great. Awesome. Um thanks, man. Very effective. I know the order. Audience- <laughs> I've been cursing more on,
1: people don't see the side of me uh, on social media where I curse. I do it on retreats all the time if I'm trying to make a point. Uh, So I did a whole thing about it recently
0: and uh, people people dig it apparently
1: when I curse.
0: (laughs) Yup, that's correct. Billionaire Mark Cuban is motivating entrepreneurs daily with his three commas line of apparel, accessories and coffee. Three Commas has the softest suede crew tees, a great line of accessories, and the best direct trade Colombian coffee. Join the Three Commas Club on Instagram at Three Commas or visit their website, threecommas.com to learn more. Thank me later, you dig? It's authentic, um, but, but it, it does land. It's powerful, brother. I love it thank you yeah uh this is great stuff um i'm curious i love to ask the grades this and it's something i was skeptical for a while but i bought in recently um and i can't stop talking about it enough i'm curious what your position is on the law of attraction and the power of intention and a lot of the energy stuff yeah it's great um i've had
1: a mixed relationship to it over the years and i feel like i'm getting closer to how i feel about it and where my sense of what is true rests within it um so i do believe there is (laughs) the power of intention is incredibly powerful we are manifesting in a moment to moment basis, just through what we're putting out there, what we're opening ourselves up to, and how the external world sort of reorganizes itself around our internal world. So uh, assuming that as a baseline of just like a certain fundamental truth, um the thing I'll comment on in terms of some of the nuances of it that I've tried to get more in alignment with is going back to the first thing that I shared here, which is that I think we have conditioning and we have wisdom. Conditioning being the set of beliefs and actions that we've adopted that serve who we think we need to be in order to be okay and safe and loved um, and praised in the world. Mm that i would say conditioning wisdom being this more subtle pulse of truth that is unique to each person sort of a life force energy that we have from a very early age that guides us in a really free and expansive way um i think sometimes when it comes to law of attraction manifestation type stuff people are creating from conditioning from their mind, uh, from ideas of, oh, if I just had that, my life would be great and put all of the attention into bringing that into reality. Um, and I think it's really cool that that can actually be done. Uh, And I think there are times in life where that might be necessary, especially if we're getting out of dire experiences where it's just like, need this. And I'm I'm just going to put all of my attention here. And then when there's a little bit more space, we, we, can discern like, oh, is this the thing that's actually going to give me the most amount of fulfillment? But if we're like trying to come out of poverty or toxic relationship, just the idea of that there can be anything better for us and just focusing all of our energy into that, I think is time well spent. I do think though, if we're interested in some of the highest levels of, of fulfillment that we can experience and peace that we can experience in this life, We do have to really examine what is the part of us that is creating that vision. And anyone who's achieved anything, um, and especially those who have maybe had all of their dreams come true will often say it is not what I thought it was. And it was, it it has given me a lot of things that I'm super grateful for. Um, but it hasn't solved everything. And, often what happens when we get to some future point that we've been working for and just saying once i have this once i have this once i have this then i'll be happy then we're in a new room with the same mind that is thinking once i have this then i'll be happy it hasn't actually developed an appreciation for our life in all its different facets it's just reinforced the neuroses that say i need something bigger and better in order to be fulfilled and so, there's two things here that I'm extracting from this. One, the reality that if we don't train our minds to be with the, the fullness of what is here on a moment-to-moment basis, then we're, we're just going to be reinforcing a mind that is at odds with this moment or needs it to be different in order to be okay. That's one strand. And that's where I think meditation can be quite powerful because it's training you to meet in all of its edginess how this moment is and soften around it um, you do that and you train that over time then whatever arises in any new shape it takes you've developed a, a mind that goes oh i know how to meet tension and be okay when you're in it that's one thing the other thing that i'm extracting from this is that um notice where you are creating your visions from. Are they coming from your parents' ideas of who you should be in order to be happy? Is it coming from some culturally or media-informed idea of what will give you happiness? And really take the time to get in touch with, you know, if if we want to just keep it simple, what is the feeling that you actually want to create in your life? What What is the deeper thing beyond all the ideas of what you think you want? that actually gives you fulfillment this is a sense of ease it is a sense of spaciousness is it a sense of love and create from there um the you know i guess classic examples is like people romanticize relate people that they see in the media um or celebrities like when if i was just in a relationship with that person you're just projecting a bunch of stuff onto that person of who you think that person is but Take that a step further and ask, "What do you think I'm going to get from being with this person? What am I? What is it going to? What's it going to make me feel? What's like a sense of completeness that I'm going to feel in this, or an okayness? And then that's the thing that you really want to orient to, and that's the thing that you want to align." Your efforts and energy and your intention to, because you might manifest being in a relationship with Emma Watson, um, doesn't mean that's going to be the the thing that's going to give you happiness. You have no clue. You know, you're thrown. But if you just focus on like a sense of ease or space or connection or love, and you move in that direction, then you're you're guaranteed it. And that that was the impetus for my whole life path into this work. It was a recognition that I could pursue money and I could pursue this path uh, strictly into business. I mean, I'm in business now with the work I do, but I could just go in that direction and it would be a toss-up whether or not that would be happy. Or I could understand what actually creates happiness and maybe make a fraction of the money I would make going that path but I would be taking the steps toward the actual thing that would give me fulfillment I was like I can't think of anything that would be more worth my time in that because that is the heart of everything that I'm looking for so figure out the heart of the thing that you want and then orient your intentions and energy toward that
0: (laughs) you're on fire this is great it's funny because I have such an energy. Uh, People always say that they get elevated just from speaking to me. Um, You have a different energy and it's very powerful. Uh, And I feel elevated just from having this conversation with you. Uh, And I want to acknowledge you for that. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, likewise. Hell yeah. Uh, I I know we're coming to the end now. We'll land the plane with this uh, short answer, but I saw you talk about it and I just found it very interesting. And I wanted to just ask you what you meant. Uh, Burning off bad karma. Oh, wow. Super curious where you found that one. I, you know, I don't talk
1: about that too publicly, but I, I love it. Um so when I got out of the monastery, uh, so I spent six and a half months in 2012 living in a monastery when and we were meditating f- at least 14 hours a day, every single day, no days off, in silence. And it was a it was, it was a Buddhist monastery. And so the idea of karma. In Buddhism is a central tenet and it's not as simple as what goes around comes around," or "I did this bad thing, so this bad thing gonna happen to me, but there is some truth to the law of cause and effect. there's a fundamental truth to the law of cause and effect, and I never knew to what extent um uh, that played out, meaning like if I did something, what would be the response of that? Uh, at some point in the future, whether in this lifetime or a future lifetime, but I did develop a really clear sense of, um, if something negative was happening even just in my mind, agitation in my mind, let's say, could be perceived as older karma that I established from a younger age, where I was out of alignment. And so now all these years later, it's just like all of that extra discharge, the layers of it are getting burnt off. So one of the reasons they say being in stillness and meditation burns off old karma is because you are just giving space for the mind body system to play itself out for thoughts to arise for emotions to arise for sensations to arise without reinforcing the cause and effect loops meaning and and a thought that triggers an emotion of anger for what's wrong with me, instead of reinforcing that loop, which is reinforcing karma, you're just giving it an open pasture to play out. And eventually, it will sizzle. That's an example of burning off those karmic conditionings. And I would take it a step further where if like I was in an airport and I had to catch a plane and you know I missed it, instead of going in this loop of just like, oh, shit, like, you know this is terrible why this happened i was just go like, all right now burning off old karma something happened it's like cool that's another layer of karma that's done don't know what i did previously for that to happen but it's passed and you got to be careful with this stuff because some people can hear this and you know it, it can be weaponized against people where it's like oh something's bad you deserve this and this happens in buddhist cultures as well um like if you're born with um special needs. Um, parents will sometimes abandon their children or they won't get care in schools because it's like, well, bad karma from a past lifetime. And I am not a fan of that. Um, it actually goes against the other tenets of these spiritual practices of like meeting each moment with compassion and love and presence and care. Um, but it can be a, a useful mentality to take. Something bad happens or you're working through some things. It's just like, all right, cool. There's a burning off of old karma. At the very least, just use it as a, take out the spirituality and use it as a secular reframe um, for yourself. Just a different way to interpret what's happening that won't necessarily
0: create more suffering, but more ease. Yeah, absolutely love it. The only negative that I got going on right now is that we don't have 10 hours to chat. Uh, My intuition is right. It's just the beginning of the friendship. Uh, The podcast is exploding as well as the brand. The audience is very engaging and loyal. What's the best way for the community to support you, Corey?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, Folks can follow me on Instagram, which is where most of my teachings are. But the thing that most people like is I send a daily uh, text message out uh, at 8 a.m. Pacific time every day. And it's just like a little dose of wisdom or practice for you to think about. Um, they're totally free, no strings attached uh, for folks who want to receive that. Um, just text the word Craig to 631-305-2874. And I'll just automatically upload you in the community. Um but any sort of retreats and workshops uh, can all be found at com, um, and uh, through my Instagram. Awesome. I love it.
0: How can I personally support you, brother? Oh,
1: just keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you bringing on good guests and, uh, and I appreciate you. And I, I don't want to gloss over this when somebody does the work of listening to what is more true in them and aligning there is a fundamental reorganization that cannot be calculated in consciousness and that you know you can't i can't give you a a science article to support that that's just come from my understanding of my own practice um but you doing that gives more people permission to do that and um and i think that's the greatest gift we can offer so Thanks for having me. Um, let me talk
0: to your community and I hope you keep doing it. Hell yeah. And for the audience listening, should you text Corey at his community number? Absolutely. 100%. Um, you guys know me. I only associate myself with and collaborate with people that I hold in very high regard. And Corey is just that. Corey, I want you to know the definition of perspective, heart, and growth. From taking your life experience to spreading positivity, light, and deep truths. You're a true visionary, role model, and beacon of hope for anybody coming up to their big goals and aspirations. I could personally guarantee your best is yet to come. Keep on spreading your wings and leaving your mark on this world. So much love and respect to you. Thank you so much for stopping by and dropping these priceless nuggets today. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, everyone. It was too much fun, brother. Thank you. Yeah,
1: that's great, dude. Thanks for all the prep you did. And uh just really good interview yeah it was a great conversation i know you have a show too right what kind of guests do you typically have on there i i i haven't so i have about 550 episodes of just uh, me talking five to 15 minutes um i may be looking to do guests in the future um but yeah right now it's just me talking i've I, you know kept it
0: simple yeah cool yeah wow. how's it going for you you enjoying it yeah i love this stuff straight up yeah. Uh, if I had a billion dollars in the bank, which I don't yet, I, I would be doing exactly what I'm doing right now, specifically having this conversation with you. Uh, I'm very humble to say that that it's exploding. We're getting a lot of opportunities, a lot of speaking now, and so forth. The community's growing, um, but but like this conversation right now, this isn't work to me, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that feeling. Yeah, it's exciting. You were in Wall Street for a while and then made the pivot for 10, 11 years. I wow. pivoted. Uh, a few years back, and then I had my own business, still in finance, not necessarily stock market stuff. Um, but I was waking up every day and it felt like I was going to a J-O-B. Even though I was the owner, uh, it was soul sucking. And, and so the lockdown slash pandemic provided me, I, I really believe it was like a global awakening, but but it was exactly what I needed at the, at the right time to kind of reassess um, and, and to find myself grounded. And, and I went all in and I never looked back. Uh, that's great, man. I'm happy for you. Thank you, brother. Uh, if you ever come back to Long Island, let me know. Uh, yeah. I'm going to message you on Instagram. We can change numbers and let's just build a friendship. Cool.
1: That sounds great, buddy. Really appreciate you reaching out and uh, glad we got to do this. Same, brother.
0: Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. Take Bye. care. Bye. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at Craig Siegel cls the YouTube channel Craig Siegel and our website CultivateLastingSymphony.com where you can sign up for our email blast with all free trainings on all of our content. The best is yet to come